Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. That's Been great. Crazy week, but not for uh, Fire Emblem reasons. Although, we did get a... Uh, I guess it's not really a surprise, but it was kind of a surprise to me, um, Fate Channel. We did. It's kind of crazy to think that uh, it, uh, it snuck up on me as well. Uh, I'll say that. I, d- I was not anticipating it, but it makes sense. We're already at the halfway mark for book six. Yep. Book six midpoint is here and makes sense now that I think about it and realize it. But I had completely forgotten about that coming up, probably yeah. partially because I um, am somewhere in chapter one or two of the ch- of the book storyline. Oh, yeah. So. Well, you got to catch up because this story is uh, such a critical part of the game. It's it's it, you know what? And, and that all jokes aside, um, it's one of the few things in Fire Emblem Heroes that we don't actively cover until like it's all out. And then we kind of offer our general thoughts. Speaking of, since the story is so crucial, uh, what happened most recently in the story? Um, uh, <laughs> OK, <laughs> I, I should have anticipated this question. No, I, I'm all caught up. So essentially, Veronica gets captured by let the uh, main character that I'm I'm scrolling down to find out her name, uh, let Letizia, 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 Letizia sounds sounds much better. So Letizia uh, captures Veronica. Veronica then you know uh, sways a lot of the people against Letizia and Letizia's like, Oh, how'd you do that? And she's like, I don't, I'm a better em- empress than you are. And, and, uh, Letizia basically, um, tries to, to take it, o- take over everything. And then, you know, our heroes, Oh, they're triumphant and Veronica is saved. And then, uh, I think where the chapter ends, the, the, the sky goes black and we see the midpoint cinematic that we'll, we'll discuss a little bit later where, um, Oh, so that was already in the game. It wasn't. No, it was implied. We didn't. the the um, The cutscene's not in there just yet, uh, but it is implied that Embla and Asker have arrived, and uh, that's kind of where it where it ends. Because um, so, yeah, based on what you've told me of where the midpoint was, I guess that second uh, video in the thing was very confusing. But we'll discuss that a bit more later. Before that, yeah, we've got some summonings to guess, discuss. Exactly. So we've got banners running right now. We've got the weekly revival 50 and 25 banners going. Beyond Control ends on the 7th. Bridal Bloom Special Heroes Revival ends on the 8th. Sylvia and Aranus's battle ends on the 8th as well. Heroes with Reposition ends on the 10th. Legendary Myrrh ends on the 13th. And Bridal Blossoms goes until the 19th of June. I will get ahead of myself and say I've got nothing to report from the summoning side of things, but Eddie, how did you do? I did okay. Um, I do want to quickly note that, yes, I was expecting you to have not played any of it, so (laughs) you did prove me wrong in that, trying to get you there. But um, on the summoning, I did summon a Bridal Tharja off of her revival banner and a five-star Bridal Juno off of that revival banner. I did get Myrrh um, after a two legendary female Violeth and a legendary Edelgard Pity Break on her banner. Uh, so I got the Myrrh on the Spark, and I ended up getting a spare one when I was clearing out my Pity Raid on the banner. So pretty lucky on that um, legendary banner. 
Yeah, I, I did not do any summoning. I, I did the free summons, obviously, but nothing to report here. Uh, but maybe next week. Next episode, I should say. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Uh, and we will have a new banner by next episode, uh, because while there's not much left on the calendar of weeks, and, and since we're going to be skipping next week, means we're going to have a long time not knowing what's going on, But because uh, the calendar ends on the 9th. Uh, but we do have news about the uh, Bridal Blessings banner getting a uh, revival banner. This is one of the ones with the uh, four-star special hero special rate on it. So you have, if you do some extra summoning in there, you have a chance of getting any random uh, boosted four-star unit into a special hero in that uh, set list. Uh, we also have the new Letizia slash Blazing Blade banner that starts on the 8th with the Forging Bombs that was announced in the Fae channel uh, yesterday, and the Limstella Grand Hero battle to go with it, which rounds out the calendar on the 9th. Cool. And speaking of that new banner, um, I know it's a bit of a faux pas, but I was just uh, quickly checking Twitter, and uh, they have posted the banner video. So by the time you listen to this, uh, all their skills will be revealed. And um, yeah, it's a as as Eddie said, it's a blazing blade banner, uh, ascended Florina. Um, that's kind of exciting. So she's a she's an archer flyer unit. Yeah, when they popped up the um, uh, silhouettes for the Blazing Blade units, um, I was like, oh, is that an Ascended Florina there? Because uh, her right there in the center, I was it was quite clearly Florina to me. But, you know, and like the way they've been doing, um, uh, you know, repeats the, recently, they've usually been Ascended. So it's nice to kind of call that one Yeah, at, yeah. right before they showed us. You nailed it. Well, we will uh, discuss that banner uh, on our next episode. Okay, now we're going to take a look at the legendary hero Murr, starting things off with the banner running right now. On the red orb, you've got legendary Elliwood, Priam, and Nimi. On the blue orb, you've got legendary Byleth, female, and legendary Sita, uh, uh, joining Murr, who's also blue. Uh, on the green, you've got Legendary Edelgard, Dagger, and Legendary Byleth, male. And finally, colorless, you've got Bramamond, Legendary Claude, and Ascended Joshua. So those are your summoning for the Legendary Banner. Yep, um, and of course, the star of this new Legendary Banner is Mur, Guardian Dragon. As mentioned last week, Mur appears in Sacred Stones and is a uh, uh, usual friendly mate main Manicat character that there are in the older games. Um, you got Tiki, Mur, uh, Naui. Uh, we didn't really have a dragon in, um, although I guess you'd count Flane in that category. Uh, although she never turns into an actual dragon, she is hits a lot of the same categories. Uh, but Mur is a blue flying wind defense dragon uh, legendary unit. She wields, uh, of course she has pair up as is standard for legendaries these days. She wields Godly Breath, which speeds her, speeds her special trigger. If she initiates combat or is within two spaces of an ally, it inflicts negative five to the combat stats on the foe during combat. And reduce, it also reduces damage from attacks during combat and non-worker AoE specials by 30%, and gives her a guaranteed follow-up attack on top of the usual Dragonstone's effects. She has her legendary skill called Darkling Guardian, which at the start of 
Her turn, if she is within two spaces of an ally, it grants her defense resistance plus six. Foe cannot make a, make a follow-up attack in a new keyword called Warp Bubble, which prevents foes from warping to spaces within four spaces of her if they do not have pass or use a building effect uh, to over, you know, counteract her ability, her keyword. Her other new skill is Defense Res Unity, where if she is within two spaces of an ally, uh, she turns any penalty on her defense and resistance into a positive, plus an additional five to each stat. Essentially, she gets five plus double any penalty she currently has, uh, and each stat is calculated separately. She rounds out her kit with Bonfire and Dragon Wall. I remember Murr being a character that I used uh, quite a bit in Sacred Stones and... Uh... Dragons are usually pretty powerful. Uh, when you get Naomi in um, uh, in Deke? Awakening, she huh? Oh, sorry, I thought uh, you were no, Naomi. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought you were gonna list all the dragons. When you get her in Awakening, she um can hold her own pretty well with your team. Yes, you first get her. Yeah, so. she's pretty strong, and I mean, it's really nice to see Mer get the legendary treatment because, again, like as you said, being a dragon character in any Fire Emblem game usually that hero is super strong and obviously when you have like a standard version of a character it has to kind of like sit within the pool but then when you get the legendary version you can kind of have some more fun with it give it some more you know abilities and such like this new uh warp bubble i mean yeah it's kind of weird that she gets um legendary status because you know she's crucial to the part but she's kind of a side thing as most of these dragon characters tend to be um you know they're kind of instrumental to the plot but they're also not really the focus per se if that makes sense Mm -hmm. usually you have to save them or something um you know and then you have you sometimes have a spare uh mana cat like uh uh bantu and stuff but you know or tiki in awakening which is kind of weird because she gets to come back a second time but she's kind of a secondary one. But Mer- now he's considered, you know, is usually the more. But even then, now he's kind of a side one. She's just important because she's a dragon or a mana cat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but like you said, they are pretty powerful. And like I said, they are technically crucial to the story. It's just, you know, you, you expect El- uh, Ephraim and Erica to get uh, legendary status because they're the main lords. You know, that's but- a good point. That is a very good point. Yeah, I didn't, I, you know, to yeah. be honest, uh, I know we have brave versions of, of those lords, but now that I think about it, you're right, we don't have legendary versions, so, and it's kind of funny yeah. that you'd think Mer would, are, are dragons not normally uh, given the mythic treatment? Um, um Tiki was legendary, because we got young Tiki as a legendary. Right. Um, I mean, yes, a lot of the legendaries are dragons, but that's because the main villain of the games are usually dragons or the main god who all your good guys follow is usually a dragon that helps stop the villain dragon so (laughs) sensing a theme (laughs) it's not surprising that mythics have a lot of dragons in there because like you know the mythic um that we already have for awakening of uh grima robin you know is a dragon or was she legendary and she was before mythics either way you know so, yeah, it's kind of common. 
But listen, I mean, to me, Mur, I didn't use her a ton. She was powerful, but I didn't use her a ton because, you know, there's a lot of effectiveness against her. And while she is powerful with the Dragonstone, you use up those Dragonstones and don't have access to a new one, you're kind of in trouble. Yeah. So Unless you're playing a game where your co-host reminds you you can, you can buy them <laughs> at a shop. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, because most of the time the dragon units are powerful, but only when they use a dragonstone, because the dragonstone gives them a lot of bonuses. But, you know, because if you look at Noe's Noe stats when you get her, it's like, she's not going to do much of anything. But then when that dragonstone kicks in, it really boosts her up. For sure. So, but uh, going back to uh, these units and when they'll be returning, Murr um, is coming back in August. Uh, in September, they insist on keeping it confusing on uh, which Byleth you're getting, as both male and female Byleth will be returning, along with Sita. In November, Eliwid, Dogger, and Bremamond are all coming back. Claude's going to wait until uh, December to make his return, and Edelgard's wait until next year and coming back in January. <laughs> Great. Scheduling into 2023. Uh, I love it. I love it. I'd have to pull up our uh, legendary hero list, and I wouldn't be surprised if she's not the first one that's already been labeled for 2023. That's very true. Um, well, something that is not waiting for 2023 is version 6.6, which is out now as of uh, the time you're listening to this. Uh, yes. I just checked the app store, and it's not quite out as we're recording it, though. <laughs> that's true uh but we do have the weapon refinery updates for picnic flora fallen burkut nasela ranolf and valoria also the combat manuals are getting a refresh with the five star being summer loot and summer gunthra and the four star being new year's kaiza balthus fey christmas ignatz and Klain. So yeah, new memento events for Hero's Journey, updates to Summoner Duels, you've got Arena updates, Ether Raid updates, Mjolnir Strike, you can find all the details in the patch notes. And we'll, we'll go over a few of those details here in a minute. Oh, that's true, yeah, because the Ether Raids are getting a, they got a, an update in the Fey channel. Major over, overhaul, yep. Yeah. Uh, you've got the Heroic Grails, you got Young Boyd, Tempest Trials, and Hilda for the Grand Hero Battle, not the Three Houses Hilda to be reminded the bad one yeah um, we've also got some other updates uh one of which is a uh i it's an update i don't know would you call it cosmetic i guess it is a bit of a cause it is a cosmetic update if you're talking about the bridal tharja one yes it is cosmetic it's giving her the typical shadows over her eyes that her bangs provide her giving exactly. her that nice dark and foreboding feel exactly which she was missing in her original sprite so there you go. That is the big change uh, in the real patch there. That's that's the big change in the patch notes. Yeah, and also uh, one thing we may not have covered a couple weeks ago or a couple a while ago is that um, they removed the ability to merge lower star rating heroes into other heroes, uh, and they're adding that back in as an option. I think it would be something you have to enable, but there is a solution because some people did want to boost their... Um, uh, SP on some of those heroes, I guess. So, but they had stopped that uh, update or two ago. There are also some additional things coming in uh, that we found out about the other day, uh, just yesterday, or two days ago by the time you're listening. 
uh, or more, depending on when you choose to listen, uh, as we got a new June Fae channel and Book 6 Midpoint update, including a bunch of celebrations for the Book 6 Midpoint. Uh, included in those celebrations are a login bonus, where you can get 120, uh, uh, what are they calling, dragon flowers, uh, four of each type, or, sorry, 120 total, or 120 of each of the four types of dragon flowers. I'll learn how to talk one of these days. Uh, 60 divine dew, 60 divine dew, and 60 refining stones. Uh, there'll be a bunch of quests that you can get three orbs, 50 heroic grails, 45 sacred coins, a thousand hero feathers, because, you know, those are so uh, hard to get and come by. Uh, 12,000 universal shards and 36,000 universal crystals, as well as 120 uh, Divine Codes 3, 6 Stamina Potions, and 12 Dueling Swords. So, uh, right. sorry? I was just going to say 3 orbs, that's such a celebration. <laughs> yes, 3 whole orbs and 6 whole Stamina Potions, which, with me doing a lot more autoplay, is, you know, something I'm kind of dry- drowning from my stuff. And I love the thousand hero feathers. It's not that I'm ever hurting for hero feathers, but it's like, might as well just not given me any if you're going to give me that few. <laughs> and then, and then, twelve thousand universal shards and thirty-six thousand universal crystals, both of which I think are maxed out on me or pretty close to, because right. I almost never use those. So, well, I mean, and also like the twelve dueling swords, I don't use any dueling swords. <laughs> Yeah, I I think like um, obviously these celebrations are uh, maybe not targeted to to us playing every day. But for folks who jump in every once in a while or looking to jump back in, this suite of rewards is is really good if you're like, oh, I've been away for a while. Give me like a bunch of everything. True. But I still hold that the thousand hero feathers. It's like, why bother? That's all you're going to give them. You know, little barely you know it doesn't feel like that much grinding you can get that thousand hero feathers from uh hero merit easily enough you know but yeah it is but is what it is but uh Faye has also acknowledged that three hopes is coming as we're also getting a bunch of celebrations for three hopes which is releasing on the 24th which shocking to realize that's just over just over under two weeks away, around two weeks away. So, or two and a half weeks at this point for us. Uh, but there will be 13 banners for uh, starting on the 8th, each featuring three characters from the Academy arc uh, that are in uh, Heroes right now. They will be added daily, each lasting four days. Uh, so there's a list of those. You can look that up on Serene's Forest if you want to see exactly when that specific character it is excluding um uh what was it duo heroes and heroes obtainable by uh heroic grails as well as harmonized heroes those will not be popping up in the summons uh but also being excluded in that is um they are doing a new round of hero rises the garland moon cup uh you can vote now uh as of yesterday uh, through the 12th, and the winner of that will be given to um, All Heroes, uh, I believe it was on the 22nd, or sometime later in the uh, month. So, uh, I 
pretty sure I'm not seeing a confirmation here. I'm pretty sure they said that the Three Hopes summoning events would not have dual heroes. And looking through, I don't see any dual heroes listed there. But seasonal heroes are popping up in there. You can see uh, Christmas Sothis is on the first one. Uh, Winter or Christmas uh, Bernie is also in there, as well as Christmas Manuela. So uh, part of me wonders, is this a uh, tacit admission that these uh, church characters are going to appear in Three Hopes? Because we still haven't gotten a video for them yet. Or Mm -hmm. the uh, Ashen Wolves, but... We'll we'll discuss that not showing up later on. Yeah. Yes, we will. Um, other stuff announced in the Fey channel uh, includes the Letizia and more banner, which uh, the the skills just dropped. The trailer just dropped. So we'll have a link if you want to get a head start on those heroes. But uh, they are going to feature heroes from Blazing Blade, including Sane, Kent, Guy, Limstella, Ascended, Florina, and Letizia. Who's this guy you were talking about? Oh, you know, that guy. Or or Guy. Did, Is did his name you, Guy? Yeah, did you not watch the... No. Sorry to call you out on it. Did you not watch the Faye channel? <laughs> I did Faye not. No, I did not. It, it was such a Faye surprise. They specifically called, pronounced him Guy, so... Okay. Yeah, I had a 50-50 chance. She probably pronounced Letizia or Letizia, Letitia or whatever her name is, and I'm forgetting that, so I can't harass you too much, but she did specifically call him Guy. This guy is Guy, she said. Well, see, the funny thing is with the Fey channel is I really feel like when they were announced them ahead of time and say, hey, tune in at this at X o'clock, I would watch them live. But because they drop, you know, randomly, I'm just like, well, I can just read the write up or, you know, find out the key detail. Like it's a it, they're long videos. No, but no, I, I, I usually watch them. I did not watch this one because uh, it was such a, a shocking drop that I was just like, oh, OK, wow. Um, but no, I did not watch. So Guy, um, it, he, they'll be arriving in the game. Uh, I think you said June 8th. So not too yes, far the away. Reset on the 8th. Exactly. And I will note, um, Limstella is the Grand Hero Battle unit. And Guy will be gotten from the quests. The uh, midpoint celebration quests. Right. So uh, Letizia, Florina, Sane, and Kent are the ones on the banner. Ascended Florina, and I will note that I kind of may mention this earlier, but I called Ascended Florina when she popped up on screen because I saw her there. But yep, we went to one more thing—a new update to Ether Raids, as we teased earlier, uh, and that was shown by a typically Fae Channel introduction of Fae flying over and finding Loki sitting there, and uh, suddenly the screen turned purple. So Loki is introducing the chaos season every so often. I don't know if it'll be every five weeks or if it'll be randomly whenever they decide to throw it in, uh, which would fit chaos more than not. Uh, But it will, um, every now and then, it will change up the way it works. It um, will deactivate normal mythic and legendary boosts. Uh, You know... um, yeah, uh, Chaotic Ions, Loki's Presence, uh, Legendary Mythic effects are disabled during the season, but there will be other effects to increase lift. Uh, each, uh, each of these seasons, besides regular bonus heroes, an additional subset of bonus heroes will be introduced uh, during a specific version of the game. So, for example, any hero that came out in version 1 will be one of the... will be considered a bonus hero. Uh, so... 
any of your launch characters will be a bonus hero, This, which is one of the new things for this type of Aether Raid, raid season. Well, if you're a big fan of Aether Raids, you've just got some chaos thrown at you, so uh, en- enjoy some chaos, I guess. Uh, this this week we did get a little bit of info about Three Hopes, but not much. Just the uh, Twitter profiles for the Golden Deer, which had gotten their trailer last week. Uh, but we did not get a new trailer for the Ashen Wolves or the Church units. So well, they're still in limbo, hoping they're, they'll still show up. But Fingers crossed. Well, uh, let's move into the Outrove Gate now that you mention it, and uh, we'll get to our Fire Emblem Awakening Game Club as we rocket towards our conclusion. Uh, we've kind of mapped out the rest of our sessions, but uh, before we get to that, let's start off with Chapter 21, Five Gemstones. Surprise, surprise, Validar didn't intend to hand over the gemstone. Instead, he aims to steal the complete Fire Emblem for himself. What a typical Fire Emblem villain. Uh, Well, we'll have none of that, so we go on the offensive. The map has a lot of reinforcements, including some incredibly annoying long-range magic users that are behind a wall on both sides of the map, I might add. But we managed to defeat Al Gol, the creepy Plagian underling of the map. He kind of pops out of nowhere, because I guess we weren't going to fight Validar just yet. Um... But all is still not well. Validar manipulates Robin to steal the Fire Emblem, and the Elysians barely escape the castle alive without the Fire Emblem. And then after the battle, uh, Lucina comes up planning to kill Robin because, you know, she says Robin's going to be the one that kills Krom. So and you, you get the choice to either accept her choice or argue against her, but no matter which you choose crom comes in and interrupts you and tells you he's not gonna let her do that oh but here's where where i had a different experience and i'm glad you brought this up because i it's my bad i didn't put this in the write-up um if robin is lucina's mom uh which uh so basically what happens is it plays it the same way you know robin's there lucina walks up and lucina says i i have to I have to kill you because you're going to kill Krom and and so on and so forth. Apocalypse. Um, And you get the choice. Yes or no. I chose yes. And basically when you choose yes, she basically, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. So Krom doesn't even pop, pop up until uh, later on. He doesn't interrupt it. He, he he will kind of come in and join the conversation of like, what's going on here. But uh, he does not stop the, uh, yeah for mine he was eavesdropping and he came up to you know say no i'm not gonna let you kill robin you know our bond is stronger than you know we've already changed the past once our bond is stronger we can change it again type thing yeah i think it's very similar dialogue from what i remember but uh yeah less of a strong action on his part because we had already lucina and robin had already figured it out Lucina couldn't kill her mother which makes sense yeah nice that they actually thought to put that in there Mm -hmm. so uh, but on this map, most of my characters had decent enough resistance that the mages were annoying, but not a giant issue. Uh, but, you know, my issue was the boss. He had decided he had a death wish. I didn't realize he was one of the ones that, um, you know, wasn't movement locked like many of the bosses are. And uh, Cordelia moved a little closer. She's one of my weaker ones. So if uh, she had a just hit, just her hitting him back, it he would have survived it and I would have had a chance, but 
uh, you know, Cordelia the, being the type she is to always overachieve, and uh, I think um, the person who was right next to her also got their licks in. I ended up critting him, and I lost a chest because he was so a- eager to die. Yeah. So, which chest was it? Was it the one uh, further south? Yeah, the further south one. Yeah, got the two above are easily enough, but or the three above easily enough. I missed that one as well because uh, I, I I couldn't get my hero or I couldn't get Anna there in time to unlock the door and the chest and because uh, uh, same thing happened to me. I have two um, lock pickers lock pickers with me. Uh, Kellum he has lock touch and uh, my Drawfear had lock touch for this map, um, or my Robin had lock touch for this map, and so I was able to split them up to work at getting the locks quick enough. But it was just you know. Because he was so anxious to die, made it a little rough. But uh, next chapter, uh, we started in on the children paralogs, collecting up the children of those we had married off. Uh, this is one I had had since the beginning, since I married Robin to uh, Lissa, and I got uh, Paralog 5, Cyan of Legend, which is a Wayne's paralog. The group comes across the village where a bizarre young, bizarre young man is defending them from bandits, but is way outnumbered. They join in and help him out. Uh, after the battle ends, and I guess when you talk to him during it, uh, you know, it comes to realize that this is Lissa's son. Uh, and even she finds his behavior a little weird, which you can see more in their um, uh, support conversations. I will say this about uh, Owain. Um, I have a, a confession to make. I never unlocked Owain in my first playthrough of Awakening. Um... My experience for a Wayne comes from Fire Emblem Warriors, uh, pretty much exclusively. <laughs> so, okay. Well, not exclusively. You also get him in um, Fates, although he goes by Odin over there. Yeah, I don't. I, I like. I, I don't connect the two because I. I think without the first one, it's really tough to to consider Odin a Wayne, right? Without having seen him before, yes, it's hard to realize. Oh, this is the exact same character. Yeah. But I'll say this, um, having finished this paralogue and, and getting all of the discussions, uh, something I wish I had experienced in my first playthrough that is really cool learning for the first time is that I didn't realize Lissa didn't have the, like, um, the uh, Elysian, is it called the Elysian brand? Or the, the Awakening crest, brand? Yeah. The Crest, yeah. Oh, yes, you're right. It is technically brand. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that until uh, the conversation with Owain, where Owain says, oh, no, I have the brand proving that you're part of the, the family. It just just randomly skipped you. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, I remember that because I had known about it from having same pairing in the first time I played through. But yeah, that was always one of Lissa's sore spots, why she doesn't feel, you know, part of why she feels so out of place with Emeryn and Krom as siblings is that the brand never surfaced on her for her, you know. So that was always a little thing that niggled in the back of her mind. And Wayne having the brand was is such a release and such a moment of joy for her when it appears because yeah. you know confirms, you know, it puts to it erases any tiny little bit of doubt that was actually niggling at the back of her mind that she doesn't, you know, is not who they claim she is, type thing. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it was uh, it was good. And, and you know, my, there might be some support conversations that maybe bring up the fact that Lissa doesn't have, you know, the family brand. But like, um, I, I, 
I don't remember it, but it was it was nice to see. So I'm glad the I'm glad we pushed to do all the paralogs for the game club because it it's a big part of the game, and I I missed. I'm realizing now I missed a good chunk. Um, I, I'd say at least twenty five to to forty percent of the paralogs uh, when I first played through. So I'm glad we're we're doing it. Um, and speaking of more paralogs, uh, we've got paralog eight, a dual disgraced, which is the uh, Kajel. Uh, uh, paralog. The Elysians come across Kajel, who has found herself stuck in a disgraceful duel. At first, she was challenging a devious rogue who had killed a villager's husband, but it turns out this rogue called in many reinforcements and surrounded Kajel. We start the map further south as Kajel defends herself in the northern sector of the map, working our way toward Kajel. Speaking to her with Sully or Krom will bring her on to the team. And I'll mention this, I made sure to defeat Cassius, who is the boss with Kajel, just to make sure that she won the duel herself. So, screw that guy. Yeah, that was my goal, too, to make sure she uh, Kiel got to kill the boss and win her duel. Uh, but when I went to have her attack initially, after uh, recruiting her with her mom, Sully, uh, she was going to die if I did that, so I sent another unit to soften him up, knowing that with the with all the grinding I've done, most of my units probably was a bit of a risk, uh, but it did manage to pay off here, and Kel got her kill. Uh, and after the bad guy got to spout off about how he is stronger than most who use these underhanded tactics, which is true, he's quite strong, but it didn't help him against my team. <laughs> no, didn't help him here either. I find that, uh, I don't know if the paralogs sort of like their difficulty scales with um, the overall game or if they scale based on the placement of they are in terms of like, this is Paralog 8 and, you know, we're going to talk about Paralog 16 and 11 later on. But I I think that was another reason I kind of missed a lot of these Paralogs is because by the time I got around to them, um, I hadn't, I, I wasn't grinding out my characters to make sure that they were a high enough level. And I was, I, I might be thinking of Fates and the way their Paralogs worked. Maybe. I mean, um, the characters, I don't know. remember if it's when they get married that they determine the stat block or when you go to collect the character. But the stat block is determined by it, but the skills are determined by when you go to pick up the character. Uh, I know this because um, for Owain, before I went and did that map, I ground out um, Lissa to finish out her Dark Flyer and move her over to war cleric so i could start on that which is where i'm probably gonna keep her and as level 15 dark flyer the reason i pushed through that is because she gets gale force which allows her to make a completely uh second turn after killing someone and owain started with gale force as one of his skills so that confirmed to me uh that you know they choose the skills based on when you go to collect them but i don't know if the stat blocks come from when you collect them or when you marry them yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's all it's hard to say because I'm I unlocked yep. most of these paralogs. Uh actually most of these paralogs were kind of unlocked randomly for me. I, I kinda saved them up for, for this discussion, so it's hard to say. Um that information's probably out there. Yeah, I did love Sully's conversation with Gail when she first comes up to her because I had Sully talk to her. I usually have the moms talk to the kids and it's like, Hey, I'm not gonna stop you from fighting the duel. I'm here to I'm gonna you know, watch you and keep off all those bums. Yeah. Because <laughs> Gail's there expecting her to stop her. 
You're absolutely so. right. I think, you know, discussing with uh, the mother character is probably the way to go in terms of if you're looking for like more story uh, mm-hmm. based conversations. And um, I think since Lauren, I switched it over to make sure I was I was speaking with the uh, the mother character. So that is the way to go. I think if you're looking for more um, more cool dialogue as opposed to Crom just being like, hey, join our cause. Yeah, there's certain dialogue for Crom, which some of it may be interesting, but kind of, you know, interesting to see the mother-daughter dynamic with them by choosing the mother to talk to them, or mother-child dynamic, because Owain's not a daughter. Uh, Speaking of other daughter characters, we have uh, Paralogue 16, Daughter to Dragons, which is Nas Paralogue, Noe's child. In a bizarre mansion out in the middle of nowhere, Na finds herself confronted by Arisen and screams on instinct. Upon hearing her screams, the group rushes to her aid. As you progress through the mansion, walls randomly, although I'm sure it's a set pattern depending on the turn you're in, collapse and fix themselves. And if you send Naoi or Krom to talk to her, Na will join you. After the battle, Naoi realizes that this is her daughter and shows her uh, shows a surprising amount of depth that she usually keeps kind of hidden in realizing that Nod desperately wants to cry out in fear of her situation and what just happened, but is afraid it will make her seem weak, which is a really nice conversation between Naoi and Nod there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I thought this was like a more unique map as well. And the conversations that happened throughout this scenario were really good too, as you mentioned. And uh, um, yeah, I was able to get all the chests, which was nice too. Like there wasn't a lot of winding paths, but there was like some dynamic paths being created that didn't like put roadblocks up in front of you very often, but did. If anything, it was more that it put more threats than you might've been expecting on you. Exactly. Suddenly a bunch of guys could come attack you from out of range. What you thought was out of range. Yeah. Yeah. And you, in the map does kind of like, lead you into it in a way where there are a couple sessions where it's like oh wow a couple of these areas are completely blocked off and they slowly introduce you to um these walls that are magically collapsing and reforming and uh you get a good sense right away good stuff uh next we've got uh, finally we've got paralog 11 twin wyverns jerome on this map we come across the batman of the fire emblem world otherwise known as jerome son of Cherche, and in my case, also the son of Frederick. And I, I think, Eddie, you said that you paired up Cherche and Frederick as well, right? Yep, paired Cherche and Frederick, uh, Sully to Virian, and Noe to Henry, I believe it was. Yeah. Oh, we're three for three there. Of course, we did a different pairing for Lissa, though. Yeah, and you know what? I got to figure out which one I paired Lissa with, because I think I, I, th- I had that one sorted a while ago, so I forget. Um, yep. So I'll have to check that out. But uh, the goal of the map is to protect the villagers, uh, which could be tough as there are a lot of isolated floating islands, uh, broken bridges, and lots, lots of flying enemies. Uh, Upon successful completion of the map, you will be rewarded depending on how many villagers survive, or in my case, you'll get nothing but a defeated Krom as I failed miserably to save those villagers. Uh, I think what... So here's the thing. Uh, there's a couple of floating islands to the there's a floating island to the right where two villagers are and you really have to prioritize getting some flying units over there because the enemies will beeline it to those villagers oh yeah i i looked at the map setting up i made sure all my flying units were over there on the right to head right over there and protect those villagers 
So a small force to the left to protect those villagers and another force up to the center to get them. And luckily everyone stayed within threat range of the flying units that were coming down the map. So they detoured off to fight my units instead of going after the villagers. So I successfully got all the rewards. You used strategy, which I applaud uh, because this is a tactics game. Whereas on my end, I was so focused on trying to you know move my units up there were some flyers that spawned that basically made it behind my lines and swooped in and basically killed all the villagers after I worked so hard to save them. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not redoing this map. And poor Krom, poor Krom is so devastated by the end. And rightfully so. He's, I think this is the second time I've done a parallel where he hasn't been able to save all the villagers. Um, man. It it's rough. I was pretty close to restarting the map, but it is a pretty in depth one. I was like, no, I, I, I must accept my fate. Note to self: If Ryan is in charge of defense of a village, run. <laughs> <laughs> Solid advice. Solid advice. I'll do better on the next paralog. Okay, I'm sure there's going to be another paralog where we have to randomly protect um, some villagers, and uh, I will I will do better. I promise. Uh, it would not surprise me if that happens. Uh, we don't know. I don't know off the top of my head for sure, uh, but we do have a few more paralogs we'll be running through this next coming this coming week, as we'll be covering Inigo, Olivia's kid, Cynthia, Sunia's kid, and Yarn, Pan's kid. Uh, we'll also be doing two main story chapters, doing chapters twenty two and twenty three. So going up to chapter twenty four. Uh, we've already planned it out for the rest of the year or rest of the playthrough and that uh next session after this one which will be four weeks out a month out uh we'll be going the last two numbered story chapters uh 24 and 25 so up to the end game where we're on the end game chapter and the last three kid paralogs which will be noir um oh who else was it it was noir uh severa and brady maribel uh cordelia and uh what's her name tharge's kids uh and then the week after that we're going to take a little detour as we um have six spot pass paralogs that were added during the game and both of us managed to get before things shut down um if you don't have them yet i'm not sure if you can get them anymore uh but these will be uh for the villains emerin and priam uh so essentially it is uh, Gangrel, Walhart, Emerin, Yenfei, Aversa, and Priam, who will be, uh, will get paralogs for each to recruit each of them. Um, and if you want to make sure you recruit them, I recommend you go to Serene's Forest, check the recruitment section to see how to recruit them, because uh, Severa and um, uh, these Spot Pass characters uh, have a slightly um, unique. Uh, recruitment off op method so it's not always just talk to this person uh some of them are as simple as if you if they survive but some of them you have to uh talk talk to them multiple times and other things so uh then week after that two months out we will uh wrap up the series by playing the end game chapter and winding and discussing our thoughts on it overall good stuff Looking forward to uh, playing more Awakening, and yeah, j just so everyone's aware, we like it, you might have heard us talk about it before. 
We are in the summer going to be moving to an every other week schedule just due to, uh, you know, us just having a lot of family stuff going on and we're just busy with with summer events in general. And we just wanted to make sure that we got ahead of it and let everybody know. So we are planning to wrap up the Awakening Game Club uh, throughout the summer. And of course, we're still looking to play uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE before the end of the year. And with Three Hopes arriving at the end of June, we're going to fit in some time with that to discuss it in the Elrealm Gate as well. And depending on how things go during that two-week session, um, we may postpone uh, Awakening for that week and focus on our initial impressions on Three Hopes, depending on how well we get through. But currently, we plan to keep up with the progress. But we'll see how things fall that week, what's going on and everything. For sure. Yeah, we'll definitely let everybody know. And uh, we look forward to all of the Fire Emblem stuff we're going to be talking about in the coming months. But that is going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Definitely visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye, where you'll find all of our past episodes. You can email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Eddie at Dralfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforest.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning. Happy summoning.